0: This is Janet Mefford Today. Our confidence is in Christ alone. Are we going to
1: stand with God? Come what me. That the word of God says it, I believe it.
0: And that's the way it is. And now, here is Janet Mefford. Welcome, everybody. It seems kind of quaint to me now that at one time, Americans thought the way to appease radical homosexual activists for good was to just let them redefine marriage. Remember that? Oh, good. They got the Obergefell decision at the Supreme Court. They finally got what they wanted, so it's all over. And then Bruce Jenner appeared on the cover of Vanity Fair in a corset. And the next thing you knew, we were in mortal combat over things like restroom usage and drag queen story hours. Now we have to consider the next push from these very well-funded activists whose apex of power is the Human Rights Campaign. Anticipating a Joe Biden presidency, the Human Rights Campaign has now released its Blueprint for Positive Change 2020, which it describes as a comprehensive list of 85 individuals individual policy recommendations aimed at improving the lives of LGBTQ people. So what do they want now? Well, some of what they want is directly aimed at Christians. And we're going to find out more about it as we talk it over this hour with Peter LaBarber, president of Americans for Truth about homosexuality. Peter, as always, great to have you with us. Oh, thank you, Janet. Thanks for the opportunity. Eighty-five policy recommendations. How long do you think it took for HRC to come up with this? That's an awful lot of things that they still don't believe they have to have.
1: (laughs) The list never ends, right? Yep. And that was such a great description you made, Janet, because absolutely, we, we think, oh, we can appease them with this. You know, not realizing that or just being naive as to the general incrementalist approach that the homosexual and now transgender lobby has always taken. You know, they, they said civil unions. Oh, no, we only <laughs> want civil unions. We don't want marriage. Yeah. And, of course, you know, oh, we don't want to teach kids about homosexuality in schools. And, of course, that's all they're doing now. It's, it's always a lie, and it's just a means to an end.
0: Yeah, it is. And I know you and I have discussed the human rights campaign many times over the years, but for newbies who might be hearing about this organization for the first time, can you lay out for people who these people are?
1: Okay. Um, these are basically gay and trans activists in power suits. Picture that. Yeah. They're, they're the guys in Washington, D.C. with the huge building, um, you know, and uh, they're the most powerful homosexual, bisexual, transgender. Now they add a queue for queer lobby group. Um, this is the most powerful homosexual, transgender uh, organization in the world.
0: Yeah. That's that's exactly right. So that's why everybody needs to know about them. It seems to me as I was going through uh, laboriously these eighty-five <laughs> policy recommendations, beating my head against a wall. That's in good between. reading, right? Oh yeah, it was great. I just loved every minute of it. But as I was going through there, if I could summarize it in one word, it would be discrimination. That's what they're really focused on. It seems in a lot of these policy recommendations, and of course for them, ending what they call discrimination leads to basically taking away other people's rights, specifically Christians' rights, First Amendment rights. They don't care. They, they seem to put everything under that category, or at least a whole lot of it. Did you come away with that same sort of impression, impression when you were reading through these recommendations?
1: Oh, absolutely. And so what you were basically saying, Janet, was that in the name of fighting discrimination, they promote discrimination. That's right. It's, it's just shifting yep. it. It's discrimination against us. Right. You know, it's a discrimination against ex-gays. They they want policies which will ban uh, even um, a reference to uh, a counselor or somebody wanting to help somebody overcome, you know, for example, a minor overcome unwanted homosexual feelings, even if perhaps that minor was molested by a homosexual. Um, you know, so it's always, always about, in the name of equality and discrimination, they're promoting uh, discrimination against basically Christians, because Christians are the last group really opposing the homosexual bisexual trans uh, sexual agenda
0: yeah we sure are so i want to leap around a little bit here but i want to highlight initially some of these policy recommendations that i think go right to the heart of what christians want to preserve one is number 21 under the heading here of the department of education because they break it down by federal agencies under the department of education they want to ensure this is their language not mine ensure non-discrimination policies and science-based curriculum are not undermined by religious exemptions to accreditation standards. What are they saying there, Peter?
1: Well, I think what they're really after is they want to make sure that LGBTQ non-discrimination, so-called provisions and law supersede religious freedom. And, of course, that we saw that with the so-called Equality Act, which is one of their big congressional goals, the Equality Act, which I call the Criminalizing Christianity Act. That's their federal bill that they're proposing that Biden said he would be the first, you know, that would be one of his top priorities to sign. What does that law do, that proposed law? It would supersede the Religious Freedom of Restoration Act, specifically in the bill. It says that basically gay and transgender rights – supersede religious freedom, and that's what, that's what they're always about. They can't stand that Christian, say, schools would actually teach that homosexual behavior is immoral, that men and women were created by God, and you can't become the other sex. You can't switch to be a man, can't become a woman. They hate that. And so what they're doing slowly and now rapidly is trying to specifically legislate against that.
0: Right. So meaning your Christian school where you send your children could find itself stripped of its accreditation if it doesn't embrace homosexuality.
1: Exactly. And we're already seeing that with Catholic schools. We've seen lawsuits where, for example, a secret homosexual teacher at a Catholic school uh, comes comes out and says, hey, I'm married. Uh, I'm in a homosexual marriage. And the school says, well, then you don't you're not uh, you're not the fulfilling of the Catholic educational mandate anymore. You don't subscribe to Catholic uh, ethical and religious teachings, and so you are fired, and then they sue and say, well, we have a right because we're married just like anybody else is married. It's always about using so-called equality to attack their opponents.
0: Well, and here's what's interesting. This is obviously something that comes down to the First Amendment protections, because hands off Christian schools, the left, uh, that's the side of the aisle that's always been screaming about the separation between church and state. Uh, This is, I would say, if we were to describe it a little bit further, not just this directive, this policy recommendation, but what they want to do in Toto. They don't want to have a separation between church and state. They want to have total statism when it comes to shutting down Christianity. I mean, I, I know people think, think that's a little bit of an overstatement, although you and I have talked about this for years. But how much more evidence do we need? They just want Christianity to be absolutely neutered, if not wiped out.
1: Right. They just call it religious-based discrimination and they say this is discrimination which leads to uh, all sorts of bad things against lgbtq people and and so they really by by even even violence Janet we know they say that you know they I, but we've both been accused of that oh your speech produces violence and so whatever it takes to basically ban first they said they would never ban speech and at one time they said they respected us remember they said oh we respect let's say 20 years ago when they were less powerful they said said that's religious they said that at one time well they they would say we respect people's right to disagree now they're actually banning speech and of course the whole ex-gay therapy bans are really banned speech right you can't you can't counsel somebody or, or have use therapy to, uh, to overcome unwanted homosexual feelings. That's a ban on speech. That's what they're after.
0: Well, th- this is interesting, though, because you don't have to go to a religious school. It's not as if you're talking about public schools and public policy and a secular education and those sorts of excuses. You're deliberately going after, in many cases, small, private, barely funded Christian or Roman Catholic schools where you're not forced to go. I mean, this is so ridiculous. You don't have to go there if you don't want to. You don't have to go to a church that you don't like. You don't have to be part of a ministry that you don't like that believes homosexuality is sinful. What is it about this particular group of radicals that say, we're going to go after the smallest and the weakest, and we're going to show them what foe? I mean, we're going to go after them no matter how small they are. It's insane.
1: Well, I still think it comes down to the desperate need of homosexual, bisexual, transgender, anybody in these perversions to rationalize their lifestyle. And so when you have a desperate need, you don't want any opposition. That's why they label us as hateful bigots and all those terrible things, because they really don't like to. It's the conscience that's triggered. Yes. If I see out there, oh, there's Janet Mefford saying that homosexual behavior is sinful. Well, oh, I'm, I'm not feeling good about the choices I've made in life to embrace identities and behaviors, et cetera. And so that's why they attack so much It's because they need to rationalize their lifestyle.
0: Well, there's a lot more to talk about. We'll be back right after this break. You're listening to Janet Mefford today. Stay with us. Open enrollment is here, and choosing a healthcare program is an important decision for you and your family. As a member of Liberty Health Share, you're part of a community that comes together to share their medical expenses. You can sign up now with memberships starting as early as the following month, and there are no contracts or commitments. Programs start as low as $349 per month, and there's no network, so you can choose your own doctors and hospitals. Liberty Health Share is a nonprofit ministry, not insurance, so your money goes toward helping other members with their eligible medical expenses. And in your time of need, other members are there for you, too. You can feel good knowing you're part of a community of like-minded individuals who understand the importance of people coming together to bear one another's burdens. You can find out more at libertyhealthshare.org slash jmt. That's libertyhealthshare.org slash jmt. libertyhealthshare.org jmt. Every day we make choices. But when a young woman with an unplanned pregnancy has to choose between the life or death of her baby, this will be one of the biggest choices she will ever make. This young mom came to a pre-born center under pressure to terminate the life of her 22-week-old baby and was offered choices. When I started talking with Carolyn, she was helping me decide what I can do, like giving me options that there's just not abortion. After meeting her baby on ultrasound and receiving the love and support she needed at a pre-born center, this mom had a heart change. Right here you can see this is the outline of her face, her hand is right here, her arm, and her leg. I was so shocked. I was really happy. I couldn't believe that I have a little child in me. Preborn is the largest provider of free ultrasounds in America, introducing moms to their preborn babies. For $140, you can help rescue five babies' lives. And now through a match, your gift will be doubled. To donate, call 855-402-BABY, 855-402-2229. You're listening to Janet Mefford today. And now here's Janet. Welcome back. Great to have you with us and great to have with us Peter LaBarbera, who is president of Americans for Truth about homosexuality, a very faithful Christian through all of these years. And he has tracked the LGBTQ plus agenda for years now. And it's no surprise to Peter that we have the Human Rights Campaign now releasing its blueprint for positive change 2020. They are very excited about a looming Joe Biden presidency in which they can get everything they possibly want. 85. Yes, I said 85 Policy recommendations. And Peter, when you said that to me, I said, surely it's not 85. Not 85, maybe 40, right? No, it's 85. It's 85. So we were talking about this particular. Uh, Position that they take, saying we want to end non you know discrimination against LGBTQ plus people. This would involve uh, denying religious schools that won't get on board with non discrimination protections, denying them their accreditation. Now, something else that goes along with this is overriding religious exemptions for federal contractors. For example, people might remember that issue as it came up during the Obama administration and other sorts of obliteration of religious freedom protections. This seems to be a bit of a theme with these people.
1: Absolutely. This plan uh, by the Human Rights Campaign, or as I called on the Human Wrongs Campaign, <laughs> That's good. Uh, th- th- they are basically trying to overturn the good things that Trump did. And what Trump did was uh, he wasn't always good on this issue, but he was very good about trying to protect religious freedom. And so he would... Uh, he got rid of some of the Obama mandates. Another huge one, of course, is the public schools. Janet, with Title IX, right? Yes. Uh, the transgender provisions in the schools, saying that oh, we have to we have to serve the transgender students, which means allowing a boy who thinks he's a girl into the girls' locker room. Yeah, I think most most parents want to have biological boys in their daughter's locker room. Give me a break. And so, this, of course, under Biden, they would reinstate all those oppressive discrimination provisions, which a lot of times were about the transgender agenda. And, Janet, uh, Biden is even more of a radical than Obama on transgender rights. Uh, And so everywhere that Trump did something good, whether it was the contractors, the federal contractors, uh, you know, uh, Trump defending the religious exemptions of, of contractors, so they wouldn't have to be, they, they, if they were Christian, they wouldn't have to, they could still get federal contracts without worrying about all these uh, LGBTQ regs. Um, uh, Biden and the, and the HRC want to put them back.
0: Yeah, they do. So there would be a rescinding of the 2007 Office of Legal Counsel memo allowing discrimination against beneficiaries by religiously affiliated grantees. This is this memo that came out from the Office of Legal Counsel at the Department of Justice about 13 years ago, stating that a religiously affiliated employer could discriminate, this is HRC language, against employees on the basis of religion under the protections of RIFRA. Well, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, as we know, Peter, is the target of sexual radical as well. They want that thing gone. They don't want any teeth when it comes to religious liberty at all, which is ironic because that's exactly why it was enacted in the first place, was to make sure that people's First Amendment rights would be protected with these kinds of looming threats.
1: Right. It's, it, there's a zero-sum game between homosexual, bisexual, transgender activism and and religious freedom. And maybe I should just say freedom in general, because as you said, Janet, it's not just Christians, it's anybody with a moral opposition to homosexuality, right. or anybody who believes a boy can't become a girl. And so this was the world, this case in particular was World Vision was the one. And and so yes, they're, they're explicitly targeting the, the rifra law, and remember, Riffra was really just, it shouldn't even have been necessary. We have a First Amendment in this country, thank God for that. Um, but it's always about don't let anything get in the way of our agenda, which we're going to way, by the way, we're going to rip off the African-American, the black civil rights movement. And we're going to say that this newfangled list of perverse sexual and gender behaviors, that's the same as civil rights, you know. Right. So they're using the laws, that the, the good laws, the noble laws, which were uh, passed to, you know, right the wrongs of racism in the United States of America. They're ripping those off and applying them to sex and gender perversion.
0: It's horrific. You know, another area that they go after, and no surprise here, we've done lots of shows on this, is this alleged conversion therapy. There is no such thing, folks. I've said this once and I've said it a hundred times. There's no such thing as conversion therapy. This is a, a pejorative that they use to try to make it sound as horrible and insidious as possible. And they say it causes irreparable damage. And so you've seen a number of states banning it. And there was actually a really good decision that was just handed down out of Florida the 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals sided with two therapists, I guess this was in the city of Boca Raton and Palm Beach County as well, saying that their free speech rights were violated when these laws were passed banning talk therapy basically is what it is for children who may have unwanted same-sex attraction or may have been sexually abused. The homosexual activists have been virulent in trying to get this banned. And, And you wonder why more Americans don't look at this, not only through a First Amendment lens, but also why are they so you know fixated on getting rid of therapy for kids i mean how do you how do you look at this whole thing cuz this is part of what they want to do in this policy it, it, they want to get rid of conversion therapy and end the whole thing and ban it you know on a federal level why why do they want to do this
1: well again it comes back to their lifestyle the very existence of happy former homosexuals like david pickup our friend um, it threatens them because their whole thing is that being gay, uh, you know, embracing homosexuality or transgenderism is who you are. That's the cliche they always said. Yep. And, you know, Janet, our our hats off and our thanks need to be given to Matt Staver of Liberty Council because yeah. this is a huge decision on this Florida counseling ban. And if I could just read one portion of the press release from Liberty Council, um, he said, under the laws that were struck down, this is Matt Staver, a counselor could encourage a client to take life-altering hormone drugs, or even undergo invasive transgender surgery to remove healthy body parts, but could not help a client who seeks to overcome unwanted same-sex attractions, behavior, or confusion. And that's what it was all about. Um, You know, this idea, you couldn't help, it was just talk therapy, but of course, the, the homosexual activists say, oh, it's torture, and they use all these discredited lies to try to say this is really harmful to people, whereas it's actually helped a lot of people.
0: Well, it's helped a lot of people, and not only that, but they have lied. I mean, as they've gone around, because I've spoken with David Pickup, who's done a lot of great lobbying work on this issue around the country. He's shown up at state after state to, you know, fight this whole thing. And and you have activists who are bused in and they talk about how harmful this practice has been for me and how it did permanent damage. And then you go to these people and say, who is the person who permanently damaged you? Because We ought to bring charges against this person if he really did this. And no names come out. It's just amazing. So, you know, they're believed their sob stories are believed and they don't have to offer any names. They don't have to offer any evidence. It's just the sob story. That's all that's necessary for a lot of these politicians to just run with suppressing the First Amendment rights of free American citizens. It's disgusting.
1: Right. And because why? Because we have no accountable accountability through the media. Yeah. The media is part of the LGBTQ lobby now. And so they, they can make these outlandish claims and never get any blowback from the media.
0: Right. And they also want this Federal Trade Commission ban on conversion therapy. It's talk therapy, but talk therapy as a fraudulent business practice. Wasn't this the way that they were able to shut down Jonah? This was a Jewish therapy uh, program that was run you know, several years back. And, and they were running to the ground, weren't they, over this fraud and Goal.
1: Oh, absolutely. This is the way they got Jonah, this little group and the S P L C and I think the A C L U was involved and they, they had all these high powered lawyers sitting in there and they basically they browbeat the poor little Jonah, this Jewish ex gay organization, yep. uh our, our friend Arthur Goldberg into capitulating and it was basically, it's called lawfare where they used the law as a weapon. Yep. And now they want to they want to have Biden's FTC to declare this as, you know, <laughs> As this corrupt, uh, what's the word, Janet? <laughs> um, uh, you know, labeling this as, as like a bad, business, fraudulent business practice. Yeah. It's absurd, but hopefully it won't stand because now we've got the, some precedent here of the court saying, no, you can't just ban speech, yeah. even even if it's unpopular to you, you don't like it.
0: Yeah, exactly. So this is good news, which is why I wanted to tell people about this recent ruling. It's, it's very important that this happened because it kind of sets the stage. President is set now on this issue of the First Amendment protections. Something else to get to. Uh, the Bostock decision, as we know, is an absolutely horrendous decision that was handed down not too long ago by the Supreme Court. And this was basically saying, oh, yeah, sexual orientation and gender identity are part of what we understand as civil rights protection in federal law. Of course, th- this was just n- never passed by Congress. They rejected ENDA for 20 some years. They want to now, the Human Rights Campaign is calling for this Bostock decision to be applied throughout the entire federal. Government. What does this mean? What would this look like?
1: Well, this is forcing transgenderism down our throats as a civil right, so called. And it would be, this. remember, this was Gorsuch who sold his soul on this one. Yep. He was supposed to be an originalist and came out for essentially transgenderism as a civil right, which is absurd. And it's hardly originalist, but they're very smart, the gay activists. Now they know we got this decision, which was uh, this year, and we're going to apply this to any law or, or throughout the federal government. Anytime there's a discrimination provision, in other words, a racial discrimination provision, we're going to imply, uh, we're going to force transgenderism uh, into that code. So it's very dangerous, and they were very smart. They want to put this everywhere throughout the federal government.
0: I'm sorry, but do we no longer have to have Congress pass a law? I mean, whatever happened to Congress and Congress weighing in on this?
1: Well, right. And yeah, I mean, and, and this, there's there's other things in this blueprint, Janet. Where, I don't know if you saw this one where they're really big on forcing the public, the taxpayers, to pay for these transgender uh, uh, what used to be called sex change operations which are now being called Gender affirmative surgery, which, which is just an incredible euphemism for these destructive body procedures, but they want us to pay for it, you know, through the through the Depart- Department of Defense and through other parts of this blueprint.
0: And what it really is is gender denying surgery, because what are you doing? You're taking what you are and you're trying to become the opposite sex. I mean, it, this is Orwellian newspeak. They absolutely major in it. And as you're reading through these policy recommendations, you see it over and over and over. Oh, phrases like transition related care. That was another great one. We're gonna talk with Peter LeBarber some more. But first we'll go to this break. Be back with us in a moment here on Janet Meffer today. This is Janet Mefford Today, and now, here's your host, Janet Mefford. Well, we don't tend to have this problem on the Christian side or the pro-family side, but... They're just drowning in money over there on the sexual radical end of things. The human rights campaign, I guess, has to justify its existence because with the advent of a Biden presidency uh, in the offing, they are really excited to get going on 85 policy recommendations that they want to see enacted. And I'm sure uh, if and when Joe Biden actually is inaugurated, they're going to get every single one of them or close to it. Peter LaBarbera is with us from Americans for Truth about homosexuality. We're kind of tackling the top 10 here, but if you want some fun, insomnia busting reading you can go to the website for the human rights campaign it's <laughs> <laughs> just go to sleep as you're reading some of these Whoa, things Janet I know you feel strongly about uh, number 66 OK, I got to look that up. I don't have 66. You have right to, from... We have to make sure that our
1: passports have a non-binary
0: provision. Oh, yeah, of course. For the State Department. You know, what would we do? How would how do we survive so long as a yeah. nation without
1: non-binary <laughs> instead of just, you know, those old days, male and female? You, yeah. know, you can't have that. What will now these now sexless non-binary provision? Right.
0: What will these sexless people do? Of course, they're going to also have to get a covid <laughs> vaccine if they want to leave the country. But I guess that's another show altogether. You're right. The non-binaries have been clamoring for this. How many are there in the whole country? Well, none, but I mean, how many people call themselves non-binary? A handful? Well, I
1: mean, it's tempting to just laugh at it, but think about it. Other countries, you know, you're in another country. You have a, a, a transgender American traveling, and he, he commits a crime or something, and They they get this crazy passport. A lot of this blueprint, Janet, of course, and we remember this with Obama and Hillary Clinton, is intent on pushing this radical agenda on all the other countries. Yeah. And we are such a powerful country with our money and you know we we really have a lot of influence on these countries and it's so tragic that we end up under democratic administrations mainly a little bit under Trump a lot more under democratic administrations Pushing this radical agenda on these poor foreign countries.
0: Oh yeah, they have a bunch of items in this blueprint about restoring aggressive promotion of the LGBTQ agenda internationally. They want to have a special envoy for LGBTQI plus RST. Who knows how many uh, letters are in the acronym anymore? So they have that. Now let's talk a little bit though about some. And, and one more thing, Jeff. Yep. They want to use the embassies. They're very big about using oh, the yeah. embassies yep. to reach out
1: to homosexual, bisexual, transgender activists in, in these foreign countries, and what does that do? That, gives, that builds the power of the homosexual lobby and transgender lobby in all these countries, thereby hurting their, their, mor- their morality in those countries.
0: Uh, uh, it's like, uh, I don't even know what to say about this. So let's talk about this because one of the things that really became a, a big fight and I'm glad it was, was the issue of that letter that the Obama administration sent to the nation's public schools saying, if you have a little boy who thinks he's a girl, he should be allowed to use the girls' restrooms and the girls' locker rooms. And thankfully under president Trump, that letter was pulled back and that no longer became a pressure point for the public schools. But of course the human rights campaign wants to restore this. Uh, what would this look like, Peter, if, if we were to see the implementation of cross-sex restrooms and cross-sex dressing rooms, locker rooms, what have you?
1: Well, we have to remember that under Obama and his, uh, an AG, Eric Holder, they were using the, their, the White House, you know, the power of the federal government to bully uh, districts. There was one in Minnesota, I believe, uh, where they, 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 it had a policy where I think it was at one point they had passed sort of a pro-family policy. You know, you can't promote homosexuality to children. And so Obama and Holder targeted that school district and they ended up bullying them through the threat of legal action in a lawsuit mm-hmm. to settle and promote transgenderism and, and, and homosexual rights and all that in the schools. And so what we're going to see is uh, if uh, Biden would overturn this and reinstate that letter, and then it becomes a matter of the schools either by being intimidated will just change their ranks themselves or they w- could be pushed through aggressive lawsuits because we know that the democrats are far more prone to this sort of activist lawsuits and uh, in service of this radical agenda. And so we're going to see more of the same. And it's just exactly what Americans are not looking for their schools to do. We, yeah. th- we want our children educated in the basics. And, and, and we don't want social engineering through public schools. And that's exactly what this leads to.
0: Yeah. Here's something else along those lines about transgenderism. They want the Department of Defense to have taxpayer-funded transgender operations, and also for service members' dependents, the dependents yeah. get sex change operations, and I have to pay for it. That's what they want. Exactly.
1: Yeah, there's this thing called Tricare, which is healthcare programs for um, you know milita- uh, military military uh, members, uh, service members all across the country and the world. And of course, they want again using what you said, Janet, discrimination, equality. Using those words, they get into Tricare, and then all of a sudden, taxpayers are funding for these surgeries. And Janet, they're so gross, these surgeries, we can't even talk about no, them. No. We're talking about, you know, basically people doing all they can to reject the the bodies that God gave them. And it's awful that it happens at all for adults. It's even more awful when it's when it's allowed to happen to minors. And then it's a third level of awful when we're paying for it as taxpayers through the government.
0: Yeah, I mean, HRC is swimming in money. Why they? Why don't they just hand out donations to anybody who wants a sex change operation? That would be a lot cheaper overall if they would just give them the money rather than you know billing the taxpayers against their will.
1: Yeah, but that doesn't change society as much. They're all about changing society, right? Yeah, you're right. It's all about the transformation of America. And it began with Obama big time. Actually, Clinton was the first Democrat yep. to really push the agenda. Obama, but I think Biden uh, could be uh, worse than any of them.
0: I don't think Biden, I think Biden, they just tell him what to do. I mean, does he even really know what's going on, honestly?
1: Well, I mean, he said that he regards transgenderism as a civil rights issue of our age. I think you're right. He's got these radical staffers, but mm. I know that his wife, Jill Biden, is a radical pro-homosexual, pro-transgender advocate in the education realm. And so for some reason, he just has sees transgenderism as the, the 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 most important issue socially that we face.
0: Well, and even bigger than that, when you're talking about military, you know, situations where you have transgender operations, uh, they also want to restore the HHS provision, Section 1557 in Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, to include gender identity coverage. This, it seems, would lead also to taxpayer-funded coverage of transgender surgeries under this socialized medicine we know as Obamacare.
1: Right, because let's not forget they call these procedures these awful transsexual, you know procedures. It's, I don't even think they should be called surgery. Mutilation. Helping somebody. Yep. Mutilations. They call them, like you said, trans, uh, 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 transgender related care. They call it gender affirmate, gender affirmative surgery. They have all these euphemisms yeah. to make it sound like it's really medical care, but it's not medical care. It's, it's an ideologically driven deform, deformation of, a, of our bodies in, in service of this absurd and just deviant agenda. It's so sad and tragic, Janet, and the real sad, sadness is that, um, you know, after people get these surgeries, a lot of times they're still suicidal, they're still unhappy. And uh, Walt Heyer, who was once, who actually went through these operations himself before becoming a Christian, I mean, he talks about that all the time. A lot of times these surgeries don't even make people happy.
0: No. Well, that's exactly why they stopped doing them at Johns Hopkins, right? I mean, because they recognize that after years of conducting these terrible surgeries and, you know, hoping to help people, they actually didn't help them at all, that the problem was never in the body to begin with. The problem was in the mind and the soul.
1: Right. And so they they want the government to pay for it because that's an extra uh, veneer of, uh, you know, of of how wonderful this all is, supposedly, right? So that's why they always want to get the government involved. And
0: isn't it interesting that there is no respect whatsoever for anybody who dissents? Anybody who says, I don't think this is right, even the most extreme positions that they now take as a movement, you know, once it was about homosexuality and you're all bigots, you're homophobes, you're all this kind of stuff. Now we're down to, you know, things like drag queen story hours and sex change operations. And if you oppose those things, you're also a bigot and a homophobe and a transphobe and all the rest. In other words, they're demonizing anybody who has any semblance of common sense on any of this. That's where we are as a nation.
1: Absolutely, great point. And what is so frustrating is, I think that the the average Joe, of course, sees right through it, but the media play completely along. And the example I like to give is the uh, the debates in the uh, for the Democratic primary and beyond. Any time the transgender issue was raised, Janet, they never even looked at it from our point of view. For example, should girls be forced to compete against? biological boys in athletic competitions. The media never questioned it from our perspective. They always took the gay transgender side. Right.
0: That's the default. We're going to go to another break. We'll come back with Peter LaBarbera talking about the human rights campaigns, plans for America. Stay with us. This is Janet Mafford for Bible League International. Mabel walks 18 miles to church every Sunday. She lives in Zimbabwe, where churches are widely scattered in remote regions of this African country. That's one reason why she travels so far. The other reason she walks nine miles each way is that the gospel has truly captured her heart. After coming to faith in Jesus Christ, Mabel reads and studies her Bible, and she's discovered that the gospel is meant to be shared with others. So with the help of Bible League International. She's learning to share her faith, and she's helping to see a church develop closer to her village. Bibles are desperately needed in Africa and around the world right now, and you can send one to a bible believer today for only $5, or $50 will send 10 Bibles. Become a Bible sender today by calling 800-YES-WORD. That's 800 E S W O 800-YES-WORD, or there's a banner to click at Janet Mefford dot com. Open enrollment is here and choosing a healthcare program is an important decision for you and your family. As a member of Liberty HealthShare, you're part of a community that comes together to share their medical expenses. You can sign up now with memberships starting as early as the following month and there are no contracts or commitments. Programs start as low as $349 per month and there's no network so you can choose your own doctors and hospitals. Liberty HealthShare is a non-profit ministry, not insurance. So your money goes toward helping other members with their eligible medical expenses. And in your time of need, other members are there for you, too. You can feel good knowing you're part of a community of like-minded individuals who understand the importance of people coming together to bear one another's burdens. You can find out more at libertyhealthshare.org slash jmt. That's libertyhealthshare.org slash jmt. libertyhealthshare.org jmt. You're listening to Janet Mefford today. And now, here's Janet. There is a lot here... And you can read it for yourself. The Human Rights Campaign is out with its blueprint for Positive Change 2020. They want to take away accreditation of Christian schools if you stand against homosexual behavior. And they want to make you pay for transgender surgeries. And they want to have an LGBTQI plus envoy. And they want to get all kinds of uh, LGBTQ individuals uh, as justices, judges, executive, executive officials, ambassadors. And you can see this with this election. And Peter LaBarbera with me. Uh, more than 220 of the candidates that were pushed in this last election by the LGBTQ Victory Fund actually won. And I don't know what the final tally is, but at the time the story was written, they said we're expected many more than that. I mean, it is just an avalanche. Get the LGBTQ into positions of power. What happens when that happens, Peter?
1: Well, they know that it just advances their power equation. That's what happens. They know, unfortunately, a lot of Republicans, we know how gun-shy the Republican Party is on, this, on these cultural issues already. Unfortunately, when they get these activists on the other side, it makes a lot of Republicans even less likely to speak out. Uh, but, Janet, you know, you're, you're dead right on this thing. Look at Biden. He just celebrated something called the Transgender Day of Remembrance. Oh, man. I mean, this is this is a very radical agenda that's going to go forward. And I hope that Republicans get their backbone and not just Republicans, any politician who who understands that the average Joe and Jane don't care about this stuff. I mean, they care that they don't want their freedoms taken away in the name of this radical agenda. And they understand that the media is completely on the side of the sex radicals here.
0: Yeah. And might I just throw in here that I think a lot more Christians need to put a lot more emphasis and importance upon these issues. I mean, it's become very, very popular to be pro-life and praise God for all of the Christians who are very, very adamant about stopping abortion and ending the scourge of abortion. I'm 100% with them. But in some respects, there are Christians who will rather just stick to that or or Republican politicians who would rather stick to that because it's politically popular. This, to this day, is not overwhelmingly popular politically popular, unless you're talking about ending drag queen story hours or some of the more extreme things. But I'm telling you what, Peter, if they get the Equality Act passed, you're not going to have a Christian school in all likelihood that's faithful to the Bible, at least, because they're going to force you to have to hire transgenders. And there's going to be all kinds of madness that I don't think a lot of Christians realize is coming.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's coming. And even if they don't aren't forced to through law, they might, there might be harassment lawsuits because that's what happened to Jonah. We were talking about that ex-gay Jewish group. It was was the threat of massive payments to the lawyers of the Southern Poverty Law Center and the ACLU that caused them to buckle.
0: It is terrible. Hey, another thing I want to get to, because there are 85 of these policy recommendations in this blueprint, we can't get to all of them, but one of the things they also want to do, and you and I have talked about this before, but let's revisit this. They want to end gay blood donation delays. Right now there's a three month delay on, on, whether or not you're able to give blood if you are engaging in certain homosexual activity, what do they want here? Just, just no, no restrictions at all.
1: Yeah, they want to pretend that homosexual men who engage in deviant acts with other men—that's that's what causes the disease. They want to pretend that that's the same as anybody else giving blood. And three months, I think, is already irresponsible. It was changed under uh, Trump. Uh, the, the gay activists took advantage of COVID to get that done. But that's not good enough. Again, in the name of equality, this is an awful policy. And then there's another one right after that, Janet, this is 28 and 29 on the paper. Uh, there's, they said end discrimination against gay and bisexual tissue and cornea donors.
0: Yeah. What was that?
1: How arcane is this? (laughs) I mean, obviously there is a medical thing and it's linked to aberrant sexual behavior, which is also disease prone. And they want to pretend, oh, let's just get rid of that and let's just make make equality the number one thing. So they're actually willing to sacrifice the health of the American people for their radical agenda. That's what it comes down to.
0: Yeah. And isn't there also some kind of provision? I'm forgetting where it is at the moment because it just popped into my head, but uh, getting PrEP drugs out as well. This is part of it, too. PrEP drugs, which are not always... Good and don't always work the way that they are said to work. Well, but th- these are these are drugs that you take in order to engage in behavior without consequences. Is that a kind of a euphemistic well, way I'll, of saying it? Give,
1: I'll try. Yeah, I'll try to get the one minute. Prep is a is a drug cocktail which would basically, if you don't have HIV, it could preclude you from getting HIV. The problem is, and even homosexual activists have criticized it. A lot of uh, I've seen this where you the radical homosexual activists who are promoting the most. Uh, uh, evil behaviors, take PrEP so they won't get HIV and that they don't stop practicing these awful behaviors. And so now PrEP is expensive. They want to have PrEP covered by the federal government.
0: Again, HRC could give a few million. I mean, why does it have to be a government-funded thing? Again, I know you've explained that. I just have to complain about it again. Uh, Here's something else. They want to let HIV-positive individuals enlist or be appointed to or be deployed in the military. So, if you're <laughs> HIV positive, come on in. I, what right. is what?
1: Obviously, they view the military as a big social engineering, uh, you know, organization. Yeah, it's not about protecting our country; it's about. You know, I mean, what's next? I think we need to let polyamorous people into the military. It never ends with these
0: guys. Don't give them it's ideas, Peter. More radical. <laughs> don't yeah. give them any ideas. <laughs> That's coming next year. You know, hold on right. to your hat. That's coming I next think the year. Military, you know, the
1: generals got along. You know what we need? We need HIV positive people in the military. Let's get that
0: done. That's you know, what I they want. Come on, this is so ridiculous. Yeah. Well, you know, the rest of you people are just a bunch of discriminatory individuals, and you need to get with the program. That's they look at the world. Here's something else. They want to revise the conditions of participation to include non-discrimination requirements for all hospitals, nursing homes, and assisted living facilities that participate in Medicaid. I thought this one was interesting. This is number 30 on the list. And the reason I think it's interesting is that could hit at the heart of a lot of Christian facilities as well. Christian nursing homes. I don't know what kinds of provisions they have, but they're basically saying, if you don't protect sexual orientation, gender identity, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, then you're not going to be able to be reimbursed by Medicaid.
1: Absolutely. And this should have been maybe in the top 10, Janet, you're right, because they're using Medicaid, in other words, federal dollars as leverage to promote the transgender homosexual agenda. So imagine if through Medicaid, these nursing homes are forced to, I don't know if they're forced to cover these transgender, uh, these operations or hormone therapy or whatever it is, it's adding regulations and they can be expensive regulations all in the name of something as good sounding as equality.
0: Well, let me ask you this, because when you talk about Biden and his willingness to do the bidding of the LGBTQ plus radicals, which he certainly is, why There are many people who are still flummoxed by this. Why do these activists have so much power? Having seen this over many, many years, Peter, what's your answer to that? Why do they have so much power?
1: I I think because they're very good at politics. They have a lot of money. They're, They're driven probably more than almost any of the many groups that make up the Democratic Party. And let's remember, the Democratic Party is all about identity politics. So this has now become a core constituency of the Democratic Party and with a lot of money, a lot of dough, which they pass around. And so every time you see every Democratic high official candidate goes before the human rights campaign and gives a speech, it's almost like a religious right to them. Uh, Maybe we'll call it an irreligious right. Uh, And Biden Biden did it as well. And so they're a very powerful political group within the party.
0: What do you think is coming for Christians? Do you think a gigantic wake-up call, or do you think gigantic capitulation to uh, people who are within ministries or Christian schools just rolling over and dying? What do you think is going to happen if all, if even a portion of these are implemented?
1: I think we're going to see, I, I don't know, it depends on how faithful Christians are. I think we might see both. I mean, we'll see some Christians resisting. Uh, and then we'll also see maybe, you know, people will be calling out for compromise when the Equality Act comes forward. Yep. Let's say you get a couple of Republicans to support it. Maybe they'll do an Equality Act light, which still will at the precedent of going after, uh, in the name of equality and non-discrimination, actually punishing people who oppose these these sinful lifestyles. <laughs>
0: Well, it's going to be very, very disturbing to see this unfold if and when it does. But on the other hand, I just think this is a time that the Lord is really laying before us. Will you stand with me? I mean, do we fear God more than we fear man? Are we willing to stand with the Lord Jesus Christ no matter what? This is kind of check your gut time, don't you think, as Christians?
1: I would hope so, and I would hope even some of those Christians who were more kind of go along to get along would actually do that gut check and say, "Hey, wait a minute! They lied to us before. They lied to us about yeah. domestic partnership and civil yeah. unions, and then it became marriage. And they're probably lying now. So it's time to, to really just deal with it. Take a take a stand, and take a stand for God, and don't buy into this agenda."
0: Amen. Well said. Americansfortruth.com dot com is Peter LaBarbera's website. Check it out. Great stuff from Americans for Truth About Homosexuality. We sure appreciate your ministry. Peter, thanks again for being with us and thanks for keeping us informed on all of these important developments.
1: Thanks for all you do, Janet. God bless.
0: God bless you too. All right, we thank you for being with us here on Janet Mefford Today. You have yourself a wonderful Thanksgiving and we'll see you next time here on Janet Mefford Today.